This is the Get Stuck In Podcast. Get Stuck In Podcast is a mentality. It's how you approach every single day. It's how you wake up in the morning. It's how you go to bed at night. It's how you approach every single player you coach. Are you ready to get stuck in? This is the Get Stuck In podcast. Extremely excited that we have Eric Landon, State Technical Director from the state of Utah, on with us today. How you doing, Eric? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Amazing, man. Um, you know, it's definitely been difficult for you know Utah Youth Soccer Association not getting to get to play. Uh, you know, so far in the spring, no one's bigger than the U.S. government. I know the, the, the organization's done an amazing job at trying to continue to keep everyone involved. And, you know, we got the big AGM set up for tomorrow. Um, and uh, just, just kind of talk to me. How, how's, how's, how's everything going? Yeah, you know, just like you said, I mean, you have the local and national governments that that as a as an association we're we're trying to follow. Oh, we are following, not trying to. We are following, but they're they're obviously. I mean, we're trying to take the the best interests of the players' safety um, into consideration, and and then also our programming. Like you said, I mean, we want to have. I mean, kids want to play. I mean, and coaches want to be back on the field, and parents, you know, want something for their kids to do, and. Uh, so right, you know, right now it's just looking at different options, talking to our, I think that's something that we've done really well at Utah Youth Soccer is we, we like to get the pulse of our membership and, and where we think we're going to go with that instead of us just making a, a gut reaction to what's happening. Um, at some point, I think we have to do that, but, but to get the pulse and say, okay, where do you guys think we can go here? And, and then again, going back to keeping, you know, local and national government recommendations, uh, in in consideration when doing that because we don't want to as a youth organization we obviously don't want to break those we want to we want to try to stay in front of those and and do what's best for um, our state our community our country that's awesome I appreciate that Landon I, I think I think you've done a great job I'm just following you know through talking to you on the phone here and there and then also seeing on social media through UISA social media if you're not following them, please do Utah Youth Soccer Association. They do a great job. Their social media team. Also, Eric Landon, um, you've been doing a lot of webinars and different things like that. What What are you kind of trying to get across in these webinars? What are these webinars all about? Uh, you actually are, are set up to do a webinar with me on Monday. Uh, I know we're incredibly excited to have you on. You know, talking with this. Um, you know, talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. So, uh, again, we're, I'm excited to do those and, and, you know, I've been, there's a bunch of webinars out there right now, zoom calls and, and everyone's trying to, you know, try to make an impact. And, um, I really want to do these more club centered and based around, uh, the club and their coaches to try to create that, uh, you know, more of an intimate environment where it's not just me speaking and saying, Hey, this is what it is. It's more of, Hey, let's collaborate. Let's talk about it. And, and, you know, cause everyone's environment's different. So, uh, you know, um, looking through it and just, I think with your club, we're going to do, uh, leading the player, which is one of the tasks of the coach and, uh, six tasks of the coach. And I mean, that's going to be good because right now we're in that phase that we have to actually lead the player. 
No, that's so. amazing. I, I think that's great. Landon, for, for people that don't know, I mean, I'm, I don't even know all these answers. Um, where'd you grow up? Uh, playing experience, uh, coaching experience. You know, I'm always so curious to people's why. I mean, why, why have you dedicated a good portion of your entire life to coaching soccer and being around this game and, and doing a phenomenal job as, as, this, as the state technical director, being in charge of ODP, being in charge of coaching education. But I, I'm always kind of curious of the why. So if you could, I know that's a, a big loaded question, but if you could kind of address that, that'd be great. Yeah, it's a loaded question, but it's really good. Um, and I'll I'll go through this as fast as I can, not to bore people. But uh, I I moved to Utah in 1985, and I grew up in Fruit Heights. So I consider myself I consider myself a, a homegrown Utah guy. I played I played uh, club soccer for South Davis Soccer Association and uh, Wasatch Soccer Club. So two local organizations. South Davis Soccer Association was the old Forza. Um, so you know, I mean, that was really my pathway in, in the club world. I went to Davis High School. Uh, the funny thing about that is I, I never made my high school soccer team. So that's a, that's a point that I want to get across there. That, that tells you where I was at in, in, in high school. I did play American football in high school, and so I, I maybe that was more of my focus. But I continued to play club soccer, and, and I really, really enjoyed the game. Uh, I went on to uh, college, and I went down to Dixie Dixie College at the time. It's now at Dixie State University, and um, I won't tell you the reasons why I went down there, but uh, <laughs> I wasn't going to play sports. Uh, I just went down there. I had a few friends going, and you know, I, I during the fall semester, I saw some some guys playing soccer, and I was like, hey, I'm going to go knock, start knocking the ball around again. What's going on here? And ended up to be you know the 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 old club team that that, you know, uh, that was the majority of the, the teams in the, uh, the universities and colleges in the state. They all had club teams. And uh, so I started playing on this club team, and I had um, I had this really great coach. His name was Kurt Klingensmith. And when I say coach, he wasn't the, the best X's and O guy, but he was a motivator. He was a guy who got the best out of you and he respected your goals and he respected what you wanted to try to do so that really started to to drive me to where I said hey I want to try to make something of this as a player and um you know I went on and played in the USL division three and then in the A league which is now the USL championship and then finished here with the Utah Blitz and um you know why I coach is a really good question because you know, I think a lot of this goes back to someone like a Kurt Klansmith that had a major impact on my life. And, um, and I was always a decent player, but I was more interested in the, you know, uh, the comprehension of the game and the chess match that was going on out there. And I liked that process. And it was something that my brain could actually wrap its wrap around and, and actually work through. So, um, that was really my, that was, that was what started my why. And then, you know, starting, I was a goalkeeper. So I started doing goalkeeper training and then started working with the club. The first club I ever worked with full time was Sparta United. And I remember story really quick. I remember talking to a good friend of mine, Sterling Westcott, and some people may remember, but we were, we were really excited when we were going to get paid like 250 bucks a month to coach a team. So <laughs> it was, 
it was kind of mind blowing at the time, but, um, I don't know if that answers the why, but uh, that's the start of the why. No, that's uh, that's amazing. Um, Sterling actually was my ODP coach. Uh, I think uh, my under nineteen year. So, yeah, I had a good time with him. He's a stud. So, yeah. Remember him and I going? Are these guys crazy? They're gonna pay us two hundred fifty bucks a month to coach a team? Wow. <laughs> Let's take it. It's awesome. I love that. Um, so you, you, you've been coaching, uh, with Ogden city, uh, the USL two franchise, you know, you guys are in year three going into year three. We're going into year three. Yeah. Um, I think the USL two is something incredibly unique to us soccer. I'm huge proponent of it. I want all of my players to go play USL two, uh, in the summer, keep some sharp and everything else. But if you can kind of let your listeners know, like, uh, a, what is the USL two? Um, what you know for someone that doesn't know what you guys have been doing over there? What is it? Who's on your team? What's uh you know what's the path to pro? And then you know kind of what's the overall mission or goal of Ogden City? Because I think different USL two programs can have definitely different missions. And me and you have talked in depth about the the mission statement of Ogden City, and it's uh, it's something that I think is incredibly unique to our country and to have actually a state organization like Utah Youth Soccer Association be very much involved in having a USL2 franchise. I mean, it's something incredibly unique and awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, the USL2 is, is a great league. I would agree with you, Mark. It's, uh, and just to give everyone a little background on USL League 2, it's an amateur league that allows uh, players that are currently playing college to play during the summer and not lose any type of eligibility towards their their college career or college eligibility. So, and, and that's that's really it in a nut, in a nutshell. Most of the teams are are classified as under twenty threes, and um, so you've got this younger player that's that's trying to uh, uh, develop their or keep sharp for their fall season with their college, and 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 the league is very very. It's a very, very competitive league, but I would say that it's as much as it's competitive, it's a developmental league as well. And I say that because uh, the players again are trying to trying to get better to play in the, in the fall with their college. It's not it's not really about the USL League Two. It's about the kids and and making them more prepared for that college season. The and, and that ties into the mission of, of Ogden City. And, and there's other organizations that probably have the same thought process, but, but our thought process is exactly that. We wanted, we had an extension. It's an, we, we consider an extension of our Olympic development program. We're trying to put as many Utah youth soccer players on that team, former, former Utah youth soccer players on that team, and provide that um, arena for them to, to, to stay in school and uh, become better and go back to their college more prepared because of the summer work that they did. And that's really it. I mean, we're, um, we're excited about that. We feel like that's a good, a good pathway for them. Yeah, there is the path to pro, and there's a lot of kids that, that go out of USL2 and go into the pro ranks, and um, there's nothing against that. And we have nothing against that. We have kids in our organization that maybe graduated and played and now are, have gone on and signed professional contracts. But 
but our main goal is to prepare, help prepare players for their college seasons the next fall. Now you had uh, someone that drawn a blank RSL kid that played at UCLA. He he had a couple appearances with you guys this last year, right? Yeah, Milan Ilosky. He uh, yeah, we have a relationship with RSL, so we're able to bring a few of those academy kids back in. And one is one that came in was Milan Ilosky, and he's now signed a homegrown with uh, with RSL. He had he had three or four appearances with us. Um, and for those that know the 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 Pac-12, they have they're on a semester uh, uh, school frame, so he wasn't able to even come into the team until June. Um, and the season's really short; it ends in July, so there wasn't a lot of time there. But but he's a very impactful player and and a good kid, and we're really happy um, that you know the little part that we played, the little part that we played. But we're really happy for him and and where, where he's been able to take his game. Yeah. I know um, on Ogden City, just being a big part of my life is in the college game. They have great representation of of uh, youth players that grew up in UISA and uh, played club soccer. You know, from all the different organizations, and uh, it's pretty awesome. It's pretty cool to watch. I uh, watched uh, Park City play, and I watched you guys play. And at one time, there was fourteen guys. Um, you know, on the field that had ties to Salt Lake Community College on the on the field, and I was, I mean, I was really, and, and uh, that's 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 counting the entire ninety minute match. It wasn't all at this at the same time, but you know, there was a high sub game. It was a Sunday afternoon. I think you guys had already played on a Friday afternoon, so it was uh, it was just cool for me to watch to see so many boys, you know, playing in this USL two summer league program. It was fun. Um, Landon, obviously crazy big news, big news of the DA shutting their doors earlier this week. Um, we obviously know that the MLS, um, uh, organizations, uh, it has been rumored for several years that the MLS organizations were, you know, looking to, you know, kind of only play MLS programs back and forth against each other. You know, was this news, uh, a shock to you and, um, where do we go from, where do we go now, uh, as a, as a, as an organization, where do our, where do our players look to? Well, it's a really good question. And to say, do we know what's come to the pipe? I mean, I would, I would echo what you said. I think we all heard that there was talks of the MLS breaking away, but, but there was always talks of the DA going away and it was always rumors. And so I think as this was coming to the pipe, everyone was like, yeah, is this another rumor or is it really going to happen? And I'm, and, 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 and the stuff that I do with U.S. soccer and being tied in with that, I mean, even people that were really, really close to the DA, from what they're telling me, they, they, they didn't know up until, you know, the, the day it was announced that, that this was even happening. So, and, you know, it's a tough one because I don't know if we, we will ever understand all the decisions that went into actually why they closed the doors to the DA. You know, I know they're using COVID-19 as, as an example, or I don't want to say an excuse, but an example of, of one of the reasons why. And a lot of people are saying that's a poor excuse, but, but, you know, I mean, those leagues cost a lot of money. And, um, and so I think U.S. soccer, again, we're never going to know all the details of why that happened. Um, I can't, you know, I don't know where we go from here, but I think we got to understand that 
you know, as much as people are saying, you know, the DA was never going to work. I mean, we now have, can you imagine being the kid who's playing in this league and then all of a sudden being told, Hey, there's no more league. And now, now you have club directors scrambling because they're uh, trying to find the best opportunities for their players. And then not to mention, you got a staff at us soccer that we all hate to see this, but they're, they're going to lose their jobs. They're going to lose their jobs. So it, it's, you know, that's the bigger picture and, and it's effect, you know, that's an effect of COVID-19 possibly, but you know, where we go from here, I think MLS is going to come out with a, uh, I know they're going to come out with a good product because it's MLS. Um, you know, there's, there's, uh, I'm going to say it, but there is the ECNL and us club. And I know a lot of those, a lot of those current women or girls BA programs are looking at ECNL as an option. And then uh, I don't know if you saw U.S. Wise's uh, uh, press release as well. Is that they're going to be uh, they're going to be working with MLS? And they didn't say that, but I know they are going to be working with MLS in, in an elite league. So um, there's some exciting things that are going on. Um, not to, and I don't want to take away from the DA because I I think that's a sad thing. But um, again, I think there was way more that went into it than just hey, we're going to axe it today. I think it was a long-term decision that they had to make. So, yeah, I completely agree. Uh, people want to know, and I know you. I mean, I think anyone that's giving a, a guess right now of saying, "Hey, we're going to be back by this date," guaranteed. Yeah, I think it's exactly that. It's a guess. We gotta, you know, no one's. We're not bigger than the U.S. government. We have to listen to the U.S. government. But uh, US, UISA families across the state all want to know, when do you think it could happen? And uh, are you willing to put a guess out there on when it could happen? Uh, because we all want to know if, uh, if we can get back to playing club soccer, training, training our kids. Uh, just, you know, soccer is something that we desperately miss and, and want. And, uh, you know, Utah being one of the best states in the union right now on on cases and different things on where we're at. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm not the guy you want to go to Vegas with. So, but I will, <laughs> I will make a guess for you. I, I, I would guess and hope that it's somewhere between the middle of May and the first of June. That's my, that's my thought process. Um, and I think in saying that there's going to be some show, still going to be some strict, there are going to be some strict restrictions on, how we operate. I mean, I think the social distancing um, is going to, there's going to be a form of that that's going to have to be involved. And I don't, I don't know what that's going to look like, but you know, obviously there's always the fear of this, of this virus coming back through. <clears throat> um, and, and again, we're not bigger than the government, so we don't know, but this is what we're hopeful for. And we're hopeful for that, for our players and our, you know, our members that we can get back going in terms of the Federation they're uh, they're being very very cautious, and they're in constant contact with all their members on what their chief medical officer and and what you know what the recommendations are and where they're moving forward. The only hard concrete information that I can give you from the federation is that is that all, all coaching education programming has been put on hold until June thirtieth, and um, and that may be because of the we don't know why. I mean that's just their that's what they're doing. But you know, there's a lot of travel that's involved in there. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of things that go into play there. So, uh, so right now we're on a hold with coaching education until June 30th. Love it. Thank you, Landon. Um, 
coaching education, obviously a massive part of your job. Uh, the U.S. soccer's changed the way they've done things um, in, in the last little bit on, you know, as far as is, is the E all the way up to the A on how they do things to through play, practice, play through, you know, now in the B license, you need to go there several times. The C license, you're going there a couple times. Um, talk to us, talk to our listeners, um, you know, about about the changes of coaching education and how much more available it seems that coaching education is uh, huge pro that I've seen, you know, from us soccer in the last, you know, five months, you know, not, a, not a lot of people are, are, are wanting to give compliments to the Federation. Uh, that's a huge thing that I've seen in the last few months is the opportunities for coaches to get, you know, educated and, and, and sign up for a course locally. And that's something that Utah has now hosted a couple C established a strong culture and and the culture within the courses and and really it goes back to all the courses are are centered around the player it's it's you know what what do we need to do to help improve the player what is what is the what is the needs of the player and that goes all the way down from grassroots all the way up into the a and you know you with your a senior i mean you're talking about the player in a performance pathway where where they have to perform, and in the youth side, that it's more of a long-term player development pathway. But, but, um, but all this ties in together. And if we talk about play, practice, play, or or orientation, learning, implementation methodologies, they're all centered around the player, and what they need, and the and the the how they're game-like, and everything we do is built around the game and trying to create uh, those realistic environments. I love that. I love what you said. Everything needs to look and feel like the game. And that was the big, I mean, honestly, from, I think that's the biggest change that U.S. soccer's made. And again, another massive compliment to the Federation and, and how they've done this. Um, after doing my B and A license on, on how much I changed the way I trained uh, youth and the way I trained uh uh, the college teams are, are a little bit more premier level teams. Every every session, every activity needs to look and feel like the game. And and the more it can do that, the better off we're going to be. I, I really have appreciated that. And, you know, I've never heard, I mean, I've had hundreds of people that have, I know that have gone through uh, the coaching courses with you and, you know, with Caitlin Young. And, and it's always incredibly positive um, and that was actually a question from uh, Tanner Danzi, which is is going to do his C license uh, in July. Just signed up last night. Super excited, and he wanted me to ask you that on the podcast today. Um, just kind of let me let me say one more thing about that. Absolutely, and it's it's really just saying. I think the new the the other major change is is. Uh, that there's way more contact with the instructor. And when I say that, you you know, people are saying, well, there's a lot more time. Like, so when I go to a C, I've got to go to two meetings. When I go to a B, I've got to go to three. When I got to, when I go to the B, I've got to go to four. And the God of is got to go away. It's you get to. And now, I mean, you, you just, you know, you've been through it recently in the last couple of years, but you get to know your instructor. You get to, you get to have this relationship that, um, you actually learn from it's not 
a cram session for 10 days. It's, hey, let's, let's go through this journey together. And as an instructor, I'm going to try to get you to meet the profile and you as the candidate are trying to meet the profile and we're working through it together. So I think that's another major change to understand is that, yeah, it's more time, but it's actually a better learning environment. It's a better environment for us to excel in. Love that. Um, Eric, just kind of do a state of the union. Um, just how are we doing overall as a state UISA club? ODP, players getting held over, national team players, college. Uh, you, you want to put, we kind of already talked on USL2 in there, but just kind of how are we doing as a state? I, every, every, when I talk to out of state people, uh, they're always like, what are you guys doing over there? What's going on over there? You guys, you guys are developing players, you're turning players, you're competing. Like you guys, I mean, when I played the the idea of us beating Washington and uh, you know Oregon and, and Cal North was is was very different and, and things have definitely changed uh, you know in the last decade and, and just kind of talk to us about you know our overall state. Yeah, so UISA, I would agree with you. I mean, you look at other state associations. I'm not knocking other state associations, but I think we've been very progressive in what we've been doing. And I think that goes back to, I'm going to give credit to our board of directors and our leadership that have, that have hired people in, in positions to make those decisions and, and professional people to make those decisions. And then I would, I would even go a level deeper and I'd say the, the level of professionalism that we have from our clubs and our club directors and leadership there has, has, ultimately blown the game up in in utah and and with that said as well the collaboration with the clubs i mean this is a state where most everyone gets along most everyone can sit in a room and talk and most everyone can share ideas and when i say most everyone that's like 99 percent of the of the club directors and i i think there's that competitive nature when we get on the field but there's also this camaraderie of of hey, we're all friends and and you know off the field and and we can we can all get together and collaborate and share ideas and that would tie into our Olympic development program. I mean, I would go back and say the staff is what has made that what it is, and it ties back into what I just said is that you have club coaches from a bunch of different clubs on one staff that are now working together, and they start to learn. Hey, this guy has or this gal has the same ideas I do. We're just different clubs, and we start to create this relationship. And and so the State of the Union, I mean, our, our Olympic Development Program is still going very, very strong. We have a strong relationship with Real Salt Lake, and um, that's going to get stronger over the next couple of years with some, with some interesting things we're doing there with them in terms of homegrown players and homegrown rights. Um, we're sending over, we're sending 100, you know, 100 plus kids to region camp every year um, national team players is, is I couldn't say that there, that there, there's a handful of them that are going out there, but as you know, that's a tough, that's a tough arena. And there's only a few that get invited in depending on the age groups, but, but, uh, we've done a really good job there. And then on the college side of things, I mean, you're a college coach and, and, you know, I, I, I'm a firm believer with the colleges that are on the Wasatch front here and even down into Southern Utah, uh, if a kid puts their mind to it, they can, they, they'll have an opportunity to play. 
at some level in the college ranks. And I think for the most part, the kids that want to are doing that. Heck yeah, I completely agree. There was a year where um, you looked across the state, uh, 2018, uh, I believe uh, UVU, they hosted the tournament. They ended up losing in the in the semifinals, but I, I believe, did they win the conference? Did they win the regular season conference yeah, that year? Yeah, I was actually on their staff during okay. that year. We won the conference and then went to the, we hosted the tournament and then lost in the, yeah, we had a bye to the semifinals and lost in the semifinals. So, yeah. yeah, so that year, uh, Salt Lake Community College won their conference. Utah Valley won their conference. Dixie State won their conference. Josh Pittman was doing, and his staff, Joe Hickman and, and Everett, Stephen Hofer, they were doing their thing over there. Uh, you know, it, it just on, and that's just talking men's side alone. Uh, we had three conference champions in one year, and uh, it's you know always just awesome to see where we're at as a as a you know as a college and and uh, seeing you know this last year following UISA in Arizona and the ODP championships. Uh, Almost, I mean, you would know the numbers on top of your head, but how many teams do we have in the semifinals? How many teams do we have in the finals, uh, you know, between the men's and the women's? If you have that number right on top of your head, it was quite amazing uh, looking at it from afar. Yeah, so we had, um, we took 10 teams to ODP championships, and we had seven advance to the semifinals. And the three that didn't advance, I need to specify that they didn't advance and it was honestly based on one goal. An example, our 2006 girls, they had to win the game 3-0 to advance, and they lost, or they won the game 2-0. So it was one of those, and they had chances to get up up three and couldn't do it. And it's just, but, so the level of our competition there. And then in the finals, we had, we had three teams in the finals, and, um, you know, we had our, our 06 boys went down to PKs against uh, Cal South. And it was one of, for 06s, one of the biggest PK shootouts that I've ever seen in terms of every kid was solid in their PKs. And and the goalkeeper for Cal South made a save that wasn't a bad, wasn't a bad strike from the Utah kid. He just made a save like you would expect, you know, you hope your goalkeeper does give one of those in a, in a PK shootout. And, and that was how we lost the game. And the other, the other two were very, very competitive as well. They were all against Cal South and, um, but we're really happy, you know, and I'm proud of those staffs and those players. Um, you know, they're really the ones that, that put it out there and, and motivated those players and got them um, the opportunity to be there. Love it. Words to, uh, players that want to take their game to the next level, Eric, uh, what, what words of encouragement would you have for them or, you know, let them know there's a kid that's, you know, 14 years old and say, Hey, I want to get to the next level or a nine year old or whoever, what, what just motivation would you give them? Yeah. You know, there has to be some drive. I would, I would say, you, you know, the motivation of them is you got to have drive, you got to have determination. And then with that, they need to have a plan and, they need to look at the what ifs and they need to start thinking about an action steps and how they're going to get to where they want to go. And I'll go with it too, is that, you know, we see kids all the time, you know, 14, 15, you know, they want to play college soccer or they want to be a pro 
And, and those are great goals to have, but, but, you know, when you talk about a kid that wants to play college soccer, what's the first thing that comes out of their mouth? Well, I want to play D1. Okay. Well, there's other options besides D1. So, you know, have a goal of playing D1, but there's some very, very good, very good, very, very good programs that aren't division one. And could you play there? And, and that's really the drive and the plan and, and doing their research and not really, uh, putting themselves in a rabble hole to just have D1. And if that doesn't happen, then, you know, their life's over. You got, there's got to be options. They've got to, they've got to stay on that. I love it. Um, big thing for me is the grass is green where you water it, right? Uh, you can, you can, you can yeah. be in a premier level experience. Uh, you can be a premier level player and maybe your team it, it, like you said, I mean, I've seen players that aren't necessarily maybe winning state cups, but they're the ones that have a chip on their shoulder and they're hungry and they're focused and they're the ones outside training every single day and they're, you know, they're watering their grass. They're making sure their grass is green and then opportunities come to them. Uh, I always tell people it's not so much about uh, the team or this. It's about your mentality on how you wake up in the morning and how you approach how you approach the training sessions. I mean, uh, you, you hear people, oh, yeah, this, that, that, this. I, okay, well, inter-reflect. Inter- how did you approach that day? Were you right in the head? Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. Reflection's a big piece of it. And, you know, more and more players, especially, like you said, the 14, 15, the kid that's serious about it, they should be keeping a journal. They should be reflecting back on you know, how they're going to, you know, how they're going to meet their goals and, and uh, objectives that they've set. And a lot of times, you know, they just think opportunity is going to come knocking on the door and, and that, you know, that does happen to some kids, but the majority of kids have got to seek that out and they've got to show, you know, their drive and determination and their grit and, and, and stick to their goals and, and what their steps are going to be to accomplish those. Yeah, definitely. Uh, last thing, uh, words for coaches, Eric, uh, obviously state technical director in charge of coaching, charge of coaching education, ODP have a big time, big time responsibility, uh, words to coaches of, you know, they want to take their level to the next, the next level. What, what words would you give them? The words I have for them is they need to be open-minded and they need to have a growth mindset. If they're not going to have these two, then they're, they're going to really, really struggle. And I, and I say that lightly, but um, they have to have the ability to learn and they have to have the drive to learn. And if they think they're better than everybody, then they're going to, it's really going to struggle. They've got to take every little piece. I mean, the best coaches that I've seen have, have taken bits and pieces from, you know, a number of different people and they've comprised it into their own coaching philosophy and, you know, that's that, that growth mindset and being open-minded and being willing to listen to people and be a, be a leader in your club, be a leader in your community. But, but to excel in coaching, I mean, it's, it's, everybody does it different. It's not right or wrong. It's just, you know, what, how are you perceiving it? How are you accepting information? Do you accept feedback? Do you accept constructive feedback or are you going to just say yeah no that that's not where i'm going to go well that's not an open-minded coach to me and and i think that's the biggest one and and the growth mindset is huge for me i love that big thing for me just on top of you know putting an ad to me a big part of my development 
obviously trying to have the growth mindset, being humble, being incredibly hungry. No one's ever uh, accused me to not being hungry. Um, and uh, But watching great people train, watching sessions um, has been an incredible part of my uh, growth as a coach is Hey, who's training? Where can I watch a training session? Can I learn from that training session? How do they do things? Why are they successful? Why aren't they successful? Uh, learning, learning that is a big part. And then as you, as you take little pieces from other different people, you can start to develop your style and your way on how you do that. And then you, you get a whole new group of players and then you may need to adjust that style and, and, and everything else. So, I mean, that's, that's, that would be my advice on top of, uh, coach Landon is, man, if you can get your hands on quality training sessions, if you can get your hands on quality tactics and always be learning right now is obviously difficult with the, with the coronavirus and everything we're going through, but the internet's an amazing thing, reaching out and just trying to communicate with people, trying to get mentored by anyone and, and just picking people's brains. That's, that's incredibly important. Yeah, I think it's to add to what you're saying really quick is I I think you're absolutely right. You know, finding finding people, you know, coaches to watch, but in training sessions, but more importantly, watch the coach, watch the interaction they have with the team, and how they actually coach the players. Not so much the don't always watch the the training session per se, but how is that coach interacting? Uh, how are they motivating their players? And then um, I'll end it with, as well, I and mean, you alluded to it, Mark, was, you know, have a mentor, have mentors, find people that can help you grow um, and be willing and, and open to that. So, uh, Landon, I appreciate your time. Um, I, I hope we can get back to, to, to playing soccer across the state and uh, everything can go back to normal until then. Everyone be uh, safe and healthy and uh, I just appreciate everything you do for the state and, uh, you know, proud, proud. I, I literally am proud to, you know, live in Utah and be a part of the soccer scene here. Uh, it's, it's something that I know you take tremendous amount of pride in and just how you introduced yourself. Uh, I share the same that that same vision of, hey, I grew up in West Jordan. Salt Lake Community College is across the street from me. And, you know, it was like a little building now. It's it's all over the state. Now I'm the head coach there, and I take amount of pride there. And I know you take a tremendous amount of pride that you know you now lead and guide uh, the state of Utah as our as our technical director, and just keep doing amazing things. And again, I I appreciate you and and all your hard work. Yeah, thanks, Mark. I mean, more you know your attitude and your energy. Like I said, I mean you're you know, you're, you're, you're putting the work in, you're, you're motivated. And I, and more coach, there's a lot of coaches like you out there and we need to continue that, that pathway, you know, better coaches equals better players. Love it, man. You're the best dude. I appreciate all your work and uh, looking forward to talking to you soon. Hey, thanks Mark. All right. Bye. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll catch you next week on another episode of Get Stuck In.